Hi, this is David. Welcome to episode 46 of Upper Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. This episode focuses on Paul's statement in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, that he was set apart for the good news of God. Unless otherwise noted, all scripture quotations for this episode are taken from the World English Bible Orthodox Version because the World English Bible is in the public domain. To get the most of this podcast, it would be good for you to take about five minutes to read Romans chapter 1. Let's get started. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, quote, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the good news of God, end quote. In Romans chapter 1, verse 1, Paul is saying three things about himself. One, that Paul is a servant of Jesus Christ. Two, that Paul was called to be an apostle. And three, that Paul is set apart for the good news of God. In the last episode, we looked at the first two regarding what Paul meant when he said he was a servant of Jesus Christ and that he was called to be an apostle. In this episode, we will look at the meaning of what Paul means when he says that he is set apart for the good news of God. Paul is set apart for the good news. By being set apart, Paul is saying one of the main goals and purposes of his life and passions of his life was the good news of God. This was the key to his life passions and mission. So what is the good news of God? To answer this question, we need to look at two things. One, what is the good news? And two, what is the meaning of the phrase of God? First, let us look at the phrase of God. This could mean about God. That is, the good news is about God. But more likely, the phrase of God means from God. God is the source of the gospel. God the Father made the plan and announced the gospel in the Old Testament, and the gospel is about Jesus Christ. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 9, quote, For God is my witness, whom I serve in my spirit, in the good news of his Son. End quote. Paul, as a servant of Christ and an apostle of Christ, was devoted to preaching the gospel. What was involved in the gospel? The word gospel means good news. Let us look at 14 aspects or things about the gospel. One, God the Father is the source of the gospel. Romans chapter 1 verse 1 says, quote, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the good news of God, end quote. God the Father is the source of the gospel or good news. Two, the gospel is about God the Son. Romans chapter 1 verse 9 says, quote, For God is my witness, whom I serve in my spirit in the good news of his Son, end quote. The good news includes the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 
verses 1 to 9, quote, Now I declare to you, brothers, the good news which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you also stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold firmly the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to over five hundred brothers at once, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to the child born at the wrong time, he appeared to me also, for I am the least of the apostles, who is not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the assembly of God. End quote. Paul says in Second Timothy chapter two verse eight quote, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, of the offspring of David, according to my good news. End quote. The good news includes the good news of peace. Romans chapter 10, verse 16. Romans chapter 10, verse 16 quotes Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7 to refer to the good news of peace and good news of glad tidings of good things. The good news included God's report through Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7 says, quote, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, Your God reigns. End quote. Number three, the gospel was promised and announced in the Old Testament. Christ is foretold in many Old Testament passages, such as in Isaiah 53, which talks of Jesus suffering for our sins, so we might be healed. Number four, the gospel includes the message of God's righteousness and judgment. Paul says in Romans chapter 2, verse 16, quote, In that day when God will judge the secrets of men, according to my good news, by Jesus Christ, end quote. Five, the gospel includes the warning of God's wrath. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 to 18, quote, For I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ, because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it is revealed God's righteousness from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Quote. Number six, the gospel is suppressed by unrighteousness. It is veiled to non-Christians. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 to 6, quote, even if our good news is veiled in those who are dying, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds 
of the unbelieving, that the light of the good news of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should not dawn on them. For we don't preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Seeing it is God who said, Light will shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. End quote. The good news is veiled to those who are dying. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. This refers to those who have been blinded by the God of this world, that is Satan, who has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. This prevents the light of the good news of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, to dawn on them. The good news is the proclamation of Jesus as the Christ and as Lord. The glory of God is found in the face of Jesus Christ. How is the light of the gospel brought to the lost? Paul lists some essentials to remove the veil that prevents the light of the gospel to transform a person. One, a person who is in the darkness must turn to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, quote, But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. End quote. So the sinner must be willing to turn from their sins and turn to God. This is also called repentance. Characteristics of a messenger to motivate the lost to have the veil removed by turning to the Lord include, that is, as a messenger and we're trying to share the gospel with others, we need to first of all recognize God's mercy. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Don't faint. 2 Corinthians 4, 1. Renounce the hidden things of shame, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2. And not walk in craftiness, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. 5. Correctly interpreting God's word by manifesting the truth. 6. Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. 7. Preaching Christ as the Messiah and as Lord. Characteristics of Christ, he is the image of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The good news is the power of God for salvation. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 2, Therefore, see, quote, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, even as we obtained mercy, we don't faint, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. End quote. Seven, the gospel must be shared even though it is met with much conflict. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 2 to 4, quote, But having suffered before and been shamefully treated, as you know, at Philippi, we grew bold in our God to tell you the good news of God in much conflict. For our exhortation is not of error, nor of uncleanness, nor in deception. But even as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the good news, so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God 
who test our hearts. End quote. Eight, the gospel includes the good news of salvation from slavery to sin. God does not merely forgive us of our sins. He gives us the power to not yield to temptation. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 to 10, quote, Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay affliction to those who afflict you, and to give relief to you who are afflicted with us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, punishing those who don't know God, and to those who don't obey the good news of our Lord Jesus, who will pay the penalty, eternal destruction from the face of the Lord and from the glory of his might. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who have believed, because our testimony to you was believed. Jesus died so we can have victory over sin. Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, that our Lord Jesus Christ, quote, gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us out of this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, end quote. The good news calls people to salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and belief in the truth for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 to 14, quote, But we are bound to always give thanks to God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord, because God chose you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you through our good news for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold the traditions which you were taught by us, whether by word or by letter. The gospel is to lead to obeying God because of our faith in God. Paul says his, his apostleship is for the obedience of faith. Romans chapter 1, verse 5. 9. The gospel includes the call to spiritual maturity. Paul says in Romans chapter 14, verse 24, quote, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my good news and the preaching of Jesus Christ. End quote. Some translations have this verse at Romans chapter 16, verse 25. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2, quote, and sent Timothy, our brother and God's servant in the good news of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. End quote. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 to 12, the gospel includes sound doctrine. What is contrary to sound doctrine is immoral living. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 to 13. The truth of the gospel is perverted with legalism or a merited salvation due to good works, according to Galatians chapter 2, verses 3 to 5. The gospel is manifested in hope and love, 
Colossians chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. The gospel with the hope of the gospel requires the need to continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast. Colossians chapter 1, verse 23. Spiritual maturity includes being established as a Christian. Romans chapter 1, verse 11. Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 to 23, quote, You being in past times alienated and enemies in your mind, in your evil deeds, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and without defect and blameless before him. If it is so that you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the good news which you heard, which is being proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of which I, Paul, was made a servant. Quote. 10. The furtherance of the gospel requires dependence on God. The gospel must be defended and confirmed, and the sharing of the gospel is dependent upon God's grace. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 7, quote, It is even right for me to think this way on behalf of all of you, because I have you in my heart, because both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the good news, you are all partakers with me of grace, end quote. The good news calls people to salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit, and belief in the truth, for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. The good news comes in word, in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and with much assurance. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. Our dependence on God in sharing the gospel includes praying for boldness. The early church prayed for the boldness to share God's good news. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 17 to 20, quote, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and request, praying at all times in the Spirit, and being watchful to this end in all perseverance and request for all the saints. On my behalf, that utterance may be given to me, and opening my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the good news, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Quote. We pray for open doors, that is, opportunities to share Christ. Christians need to pray that God will give them opportunities to share God's word. Paul says in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 4, quote, Continue steadfastly in prayer, watching in it with thanksgiving, praying together for us also, that God may open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may reveal it as I ought to speak, end quote. If Paul had to pray for boldness and opportunities to share God's word, so should we. Maybe we will get more opportunities to witness if we pray for those opportunities. Maybe we will take those opportunities more often 
if we pray for boldness, to have confidence we must plan and prepare. To share the gospel, we must pray for power. Paul says in 2 Colossians chapter 4, verses 3 to 7, quote, Even if our good news is veiled, it is veiled to those who are dying, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that the light of the good news of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should not dawn on them. For we don't preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Seeing it is God who said, Light will shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay vessels, that the exceeding greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves." Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, quote, Our good news came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. End quote. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, quote, My speech and my preaching were not in persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. End quote. For more people to come to Christ, we must proclaim God's word which God has provided. It is the word of God that brings faith. Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verses, verse 17, quote, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. End quote. Christians are to live an authentic Christian life, and, it is a, and that is a powerful part of their Christian witness. The proclamation of the gospel not only requires dependence upon God, but the assistance of other believers. So number 11, the furtherance of the gospel requires the assistance of fellow believers. Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 7, quote, It is even right for me to think this way on behalf of all of you, because I have you in my heart, because both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the good news, you are all partakers with me of grace, end quote. Hindrance to the ministry of the gospel can become a means to the furtherance of the gospel. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Paul's imprisonment kept him from taking the gospel to various cities, but gave him new opportunities in prison. The gospel caused believers to endure despite persecution. Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Paul had helpers who assisted Paul in furthering the gospel. Paul says about Timothy in Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22, quote, But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered up when I know how you are doing. For I have no one else like-minded who will truly care about you, for they all seek their own, not the things of Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him, that as a child serves a father, so he served with me in furtherance of the good news. Quote. Paul had other partners in sharing the gospel, such as Titus and Epaphroditus. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 25, quote, 
but I counted it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, fellow soldier, and your apostle and servant of my need. End quote. Paul says about Titus in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23, quote, As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for you. End quote. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 to 3, quote, I exhort Odia and I exhort Syntyche to think the same way in the Lord. Yes, I beg you also, true partner, help these women, for they labored with me in the good news, with Clement also, and the rest of the fellow workers whose names are in the book of life, end quote. Paul says about Phoebe in Romans chapter 16, verses 1 to 2, quote, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the assembly, that is, at Sincrea, that you receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints, and that you assist her in whatever matter she may need from you. For she herself also has been a helper of many, and of my own self. End quote. Paul says about Prisca and Aquila in Romans chapter 16, verses 3 to 4, quote, Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the assemblies of the Gentiles. End quote. Twelve. The invitation of the gospel is for the whole world, and that includes both Jews and Gentiles. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, quote, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the good news of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was born of the offspring of David according to the flesh, who was declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we received grace and apostleship for obedience of faith among all the nations for his namesake. End quote. So the gospel is for all nations and includes Jews and Gentiles. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, quote, for I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ, because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, end quote. 13. The furtherance of the gospel requires planning. God himself planned the gospel. God revealed the gospel progressively over time in the Old Testament and declared it in power when he raised Jesus from the dead. Paul's ministry included much planning. He had planned many times to come to visit those in Rome, but had been hindered. But Paul still planned. We need to seek God's assistance, direction, and guidance in planning. While God sometimes changes our perception of God's plan at the last moment, such as when God guided Paul to Macedonia in Acts, chapters, Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 10, often God can help us plan in, it in advance. 
This is somewhat personality-driven. Some are good planners in advance, while others do the planning at the last moment. It is, however, best to plan well in advance with God's guidance and to be open to last-minute changes. Why is there so little evangelism? Why is there lack of teamwork in ministry? Why are so few Christians involved in serving God? One of the reasons is a lack of planning. If you don't plan time to serve God, then other things such as leisure, sleep, or pleasures will take up your time and money. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 13, quote, Now I don't desire to have you unaware, brothers, that I have often planned to come to you and was hindered so far that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among the rest of the Gentiles. End quote. Yet this letter to Rome itself was laying the foundation in advance for Paul to visit Rome in the future. It appears also that God was at work leading co-workers and possibly converts of Paul to move to Rome and start a church there before Paul even came. In Romans chapter 16, Paul sends greetings to people he had met and knew who had gone to Rome before him. Even though Paul never had been to the church at Rome, he knew some of the Christians there, and part of the audience of the book of Romans were fellow workers in the gospel that Paul already knew and had worked with. See Romans chapter 16, verse 3, which refers to a church in Rome in the house of Paul's co-workers named Prisca and Aquila. Prayer is also a part of planning. Not only did Paul write Romans as a part of his plan to visit Rome, but Paul had already begun praying for the Romans. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 12, quote, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, that your faith is proclaimed throughout the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve in my spirit, in the good news of his Son. How unceasingly I make mention of you always in my prayers, requesting if by any means now at last I may be prospered by the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, to the end that you may be established. That is, that I with you may be encouraged in you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. End quote. Number 14, the proclamation of the good news itself has the power to bring salvation. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, quote, For I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ, because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, end quote. In summary, we have looked at 14 aspects or truths about the gospel. One, God the Father is the source of the gospel. Two, the gospel is about God the Son. Three, the gospel was promised and announced in the Old Testament. Four, the gospel includes the message of God's righteousness and judgment. Five, the gospel includes the warning of God's wrath. Six, the gospel is suppressed by unrighteousness. Seven, the gospel must be shared even though it is met with much conflict. 
8. The gospel includes the good news of salvation from slavery to sin. 9. The gospel includes the call to spiritual maturity. 10. The furtherance of the gospel requires dependence on God. 11. The furtherance of the gospel requires the assistance of fellow believers. 12. The invitation of the gospel is for the whole world, both Jews and Gentiles. 13. The furtherance of the gospel requires planning. And 14. The proclamation of the gospel itself has the power to bring salvation. Thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me. Remember to keep God first in your life. Bye for now.